0: Welcome to Interludes, where I take a break from my normal episodes of the Introverted with Michelle Carey podcast, just to talk about something different. Interlude 1 is Should I Care About the monetization on YouTube. pseudo-boss YouTube sent me a notification the other night, damn near in the middle of the night. Normally I don't entertain work email at night, but YouTube is like my 24-hour boss. So I read the email, and the bottom line is, (laughs) I've been pink-slipped. They said I can stick around and volunteer my time and my creativity content if I want, but for now, they don't see the value in my services anymore. And the crazy part is, as YouTube sought me out, they hired me. I didn't apply to be partner. I was invited. We all know time is money and money is time. So why should I use my time to produce something that I was once getting paid for, but now I'm not because YouTube wants to be an ass about their platform. But it is their platform, right? And then the larger creators really don't have any skin in this game. Not until YouTube turns around and threatens their revenue stream. I just want to know, where in the hell did YouTube come up with 4,000 hours of watch time? Why 4,000 hours? Why is that the magic number? 240,000 minutes of watch time. Of which they knew... That a lot of good creators were not going to meet that threshold, that they were on their way to that threshold, but really was not going to meet it. What would have been wrong with 3,000, 2,000 watch time minutes? But I digress. Because what I really am like tripping on is why a1,000 subs needed. When it's obvious with the four thousand with the four thousand hours of watch time, that YouTube is really about watch time and getting people on the platform continuously watching videos staying on the platform. But subscribers don't have anything to do with that, okay, because I may subscribe to a person watch their video and then leave the platform. Whereas non-subscribers are the ones who come onto the platform, maybe looking for a how to video, looking for maybe some Hollywood gossip and then end up staying on it for hours. Now me, I am a YouTube Red subscriber, so I can put a whole bunch of videos in my playlist And then listen to them while I'm in other apps. Because it doesn't turn off. One of the benefits of being a YouTube subscriber. So, watch time. That's watch time. That's not me being loyal to any subscription. Now, I do have my people that I watch. Like Metamorphosis Rocks. Shout out to her. But, you know... I catch her in the evenings when she does her live YouTube now videos. I'm digressing, but this is some stuff that I just don't understand. You know, and I think back, just when I was jumping back into the YouTube pool, I feel like the water was drained from the pool. I had restarted my YouTube channel back in late March of 2017. And I had the intentions of keeping it going. But, you know, life kind of just hit me in May. And I couldn't make as many videos as I was once uploading. And then I just thought it would be easier with my podcast. So I focused in on Introverted with Michelle Carey. Then I had a change in priorities. Over the summer, things were happening. I had to finish my book. But in November, you know, I started thinking about my channel again. And then, you know, I posted like a, hey, y'all, what's up kind of video. Um, That was a live stream thing. And it was real quick before I would say neglecting my channel going back into, you know, the holidays. But it really wasn't until the holidays that about three weeks of downtime that I was able to get back into swinging things. And as I was moving into 2018, and I was writing out my goals, one of my 2018 goals was to make vids on a consistent basis. I wanted to make at least one vid per week until I could do more. Um, I also um, had a goal of uploading all of the episodes of IMC to YouTube. Just as I had done, just as soon as I got that done, which I did, Um, I started to see some movement on my channel with subs and watch time. And just as things are starting to move forward, just as they were almost a year ago when I saw a really big leap in my channel because I was um, really focusing on posting vids every day or every other day, I just feel like the carpet was kind of like pulled out from underneath me and so many other people because... And then the the email was so cruel. It was just like... It just sounded like you're really... You know, you don't meet this threshold so your channel is shit. And if you really wanted to be in the YouTube partner, you would have been doing this all along. Like, uh, people don't have other things to do. You know? And... It just pisses me off because I think I should have been grandfathered, re-grandfathered in because I've been on in the partnership for 10 years and never got a community strike for anything or guideline strike. So why are you penalizing me for the bad actors, these bad actors they keep talking about, you know, um And I realized that it took me a while, you know, to get on the bandwagon to use my partnership. And none at the time, years ago, the videos that I had made, they weren't even monetized until I went back and monetized some of them last March. But the majority of the videos that were monetized was everything that I started making as of March of 2017 when I jumped back into the video creator game. You know, and then when I look at my analytics um since coming back, I've had significant growth in my channel, maybe not on the on the subscription side, but on the watch time side. I had growth, and I had just did and this is the thing that really kills me because I had just did a podcast about consistency and sticking with something because I always feel like I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, some, and all. And, you know, I want to blame you two for being stupid and not really, you know, having good foresight and to sit up there and say that, oh, we've talked to creators like you, but you didn't really talk to me. I don't really even think they even talked to any small creators. I think they talked to the bigger creators and there were some that were like, oh yeah, okay, that's fine because they had already met the threshold or the other big creators were like, you know, this is going to cause some rife in the community. You all are doing shit again. Blah, 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 blah. But look at all the stuff that has gotten away on YouTube anyway, right? Um, you had, what, violent videos that were, that were permeating through the system that they finally decided to crack down. The biggest thing was Elsagate, right? When they had the little kid animation videos going on. Forever and ever and ever and ever, right? Then, now, you know, you got one of your largest YouTube creators and Logan Paul doing some dumb stuff. So, it seems like to me that the larger the channel is, the more crap you get. But the ones who are small creators take a penalty on the platform for just trying to do the right thing. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not going to share some of the fall because I didn't utilize the program fast enough because I've had an opportunity for years as a partner. And it really wasn't until last year. I really started to take advantage of it. But, you know, like I said, life. And I'm nowhere near the threshold for subs or watch time, you know. So, like, what is a girl to do? And I've been really thinking about this for like the last couple of days. Like, what am I going to do? Is, it, you know, I haven't really gotten paid, but watching those numbers go up, I'm like, damn, am I going to use all, you know, lose all my analytical um, abilities that they've given me by not being monetized? Because those are key features that I've been watching to make sure that whatever I'm making is on track. And people are loving it. But, you know, I digress. But what I'm saying is, is I made a commitment to myself to be consistent at something. So now I've got to be consistent. And having the YouTube partner program being removed from me shouldn't have anything to do with me being consistent. You know, I must continue to post my vids and podcasts and not think about what I've lost. So, you know, now for me, it's more about keeping up with something and being that consistent and dedicating the time than the money. I just I have to do this. And I'm not saying that the money was nice because it really was. But I'm just saying, right. I'm really just, you know, looking for the silver lining um, in all of this. But I'll tell you this. What really does piss me off are for those who were striving For the 10,000 views to be considered for the YouTube Partner Program anyway. I just don't like the way that they kind of like move the goalpost for them. Um, There were people who were right on the edge. Maybe they only had like a thousand more views to go. And um, maybe that would have taken them maybe a month, maybe two months. If then they got a, a good video that went viral. It could have just taken a day. Who knows? But they were right. They're right on the edge. They're right on the edge. And to go from 10,000 views that you can't necessarily equate to watch time is totally different than 4,000 hours of watch time and nothing to do with views. So now what they're saying is that you can have, you know, the 10,000 views, but you still don't meet now this new criteria. It's like they're always it's like Lucy in the football. We're all Charlie Brown and she keep moving that bitch. You know, so you, you you know, you tend to start to believe that you're never going to fucking get ahead. You know, if every time look look, I'm a parent, so if every time I gave my kids a goal to say, like let's say for my fifteen year old, oh, you know, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Let's say for every A you get. And let's say she has six classes and she's already a straight A student. And I know this, but I'm like, oh, do I really have $600? So I move the goalpost and say, oh, you're only going to get 25. She would feel dejected and be like, oh, that's fucked up. That's messed up. Why would you, you know, offer this and say that I can have this if I do this, if you're going to fuck me over and move it? Then you only want to be bothered with the shit anymore. You just like, man, fuck you. And that's what I've seen a lot on Twitter. A lot of people are like, fuck you too. Because you can't keep moving the goalpost to your liking. Because other shit is fucked up. Why don't you figure out how to clean that up. And not really mess with the things that are okay. You know, but. It just it really sucks because those creators have been out here. They've been making those videos. They've been marketing themselves. They've been trying to gain subs and views to their content. And, you know, one thing I know is a lot of these creators don't have regular jobs, not by any fault of their own. But, you know, they were trying their hand at YouTube because it because it really appeared to be a lucrative venture. And the way that YouTube advertised it was that, oh, yeah, you can make videos and make money. It's the way that people saw YouTube. Never mind what the intention is. And I watched Philip DeFranco's video when he was like, you should make money, not necessarily from YouTube itself, but on YouTube by doing other things. I get it. But that is one of the... You know, over time, YouTube has set itself up to be something like a small business for people, right? That they can make videos, ads would go on there, and they can make money from those ads and their content. I'm sorry, but that's just the way that people see it. And they don't see it any other way. So for them to just kind of like rip it apart and say, oh, no, you know, if you want to make money, you have to show us that you're money worthy. Okay, but you that was fine. You said I only needed 10,000 views for that. And then I can apply for the program and you can evaluate to see if my content was worthy or not. Right. And then the people who are already in the program. They was already doing their thing. I mean, damn, what's $100 to, to YouTube and Google? Um, y'all going broke? What's up with that? But anyway, like I was saying, a lot of these creators, they don't have jobs. They were trying their hand because it appeared to be you know, a lucrative you know, venture, especially if they couldn't work a regular job you know, due to maybe some family obligations, maybe their own health, or for whatever reason. They were looking at this as being an opportunity, right? Because they saw the, the gold pot at the end of the rainbow. And that's proof. Because when you see all the big YouTubers who are making, you know, mm-ching, they making that coin. You know, everybody looking to make that coin. I'm not saying it's an easy way to make coin, but it definitely is a fun way to make coin. You know, it was just... just, And no, money shouldn't be the sole motivator on YouTube. But damn if it wasn't a good one. So at this point, all I can say, y'all, is don't give up. Whatever the original goal that you set out for yourself for being on YouTube, just do it. That's all I can say. Um, Just do it. If it was to be a partner, get the 4,000 hours and the 1,000... Um, subs go above and beyond. If it's like me just being consistent at something and doing something consistently, then I'm going to be consistent. You know, so whatever your goal is, whatever your reason was for being on YouTube, don't lose sight of it and just do what you have to do. This is the end of this interlude for the groaning sexy folks. Thank you for listening. And this interlude was sponsored by Sunray Multimedia, touching all lives of the universe. I'll catch you on the next time around. And remember, always believe in yourself.